and welcome to Bookworms. My name is Bex and I love books and I'm pretty much in charge of them here at Fun Kids. On the way, I'll be telling you about a brand new book from Jamie Littler. We've got a little sneaky peek from Maz Evans. But first, it's time to check in with Sam Copeland and Jenny Pearson. They are working together on a brand new book called Attack of the Robot Librarians. This is the second book in their detective series. So let's find out a little bit more. We are joined right now by super authors, Sam Copeland and Jenny Person. Hello, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, my goodness. This is like an author doubleheader. We very rarely have this. This is quite exciting. Uh, and we're here to talk about Attack of the Robot Librarians. This is a series that you guys are working together on. Sam, tell me, how did this come to be? Well, it first started in lockdown in those bleak early days of lockdown when we were all sort of staring into the abyss and wondering what earth was going on. And Jenny and I, we were just messaging each other. And I forget which one of us it it was who suggested it, but we thought... You know, what we need is a little bit of fun, a little bit of entertainment. And we decided to get together and write a book which would be the most fun possible. I mean, you've definitely delivered on that. Jenny, uh, how do you how do you feel it fits into the most fun possible? How, what's, the, what's the most fun bit about this book? I think it's the difference of opinions the characters have because um, Lenny is often wrong about what's happening and he has lots of very terrible ideas. And Agatha, who is the hero and main character of the story, she kind of keeps them, you know, working towards solving the mystery. And I think the sort of her dealing with his mishaps is quite funny. Uh, so Jenny, uh, tell me, well, how how is it working with Sam? Is it fun? Is he is he telling the truth here? <laughs> Why is it fun to work with me, Jenny? Yes, it's very fun, especially fun when he doesn't pay attention to anything I've written, and when I get the chapters he's written back, I'll say. But Sam, they've already woke up and had their breakfast and you've written it again. And he'll say, oh, just change that bit for me. But it did make me laugh a lot because he's a very, he's a very funny person. And reading through all the jokes in his chapters did have me rolling about laughing. So, yeah. So, Sam, tell me, how does this work? Do you write for one character and Jenny writes for another and then you swap and compare notes? I mean, basically, I do all the work is what happens. <laughs> I do all the main writing and Jenny, she just sort of tidies things up, really. Sure, sure. <laughs> right. Jenny, how do you feel about that? There's no time for Jenny to answer. No time. <laughs> it's a lot of tidying to do. <laughs> Sam writes as Lenny and I write as Agatha. And then we will look over each other's chapters and edit a little bit in both as well to sort of make sure there's a flow. Would you agree, Sam? Yes, I would agree, Jenny. <laughs> I think I have more editing to do in his chapters than he has in mine. You do. You edit, you, you, you edit my work, but then you claim all the jokes as your own. <laughs> That's quite a crafty way of doing it, I would say. Now tell me, so as you said, you've got Lenny and we've got Agatha. Um, if we've not read the first book, what do we need to know about them? What happened previously to get them to where they are today, Sam? Oh my goodness, you're asking me. Okay, so in the, uh, Je- over to Jenny. Jenny can answer this. Can you not remember what happened? So Lenny um, turns up at Little Strangehaven Primary and while he's there, he experiences these shivers. And only him and Agatha can feel them and remember the chaos they bring. So they kind of have to form this spy detective crime fighting duo to get to the bottom of them. So that's how they end up working together. So Agatha's kind of forced to take him on as her useless assistant. And then in book two, there's even more strange goings on with the Minerva Industries that bringing in 
new technology to the school. You see, I was just I was just about to say that, Jenny, but you uh, <laughs> that's why that's why I brought you in to in, in to help. That's uh, yeah. That's very gracious of you, Sam. <laughs> so in, in this book, as, as Jenny said, you've got Minerva Industries. You've got the beginning of the story with some peddling going on, haven't you, Sam? What's going on with the, uh, the new school regime? Well, new technology has been brought into the school and the kids are presented with these sort of exercise bikes, which they're almost sort of strapped to and they're forced to pedal to create energy. And they think to begin with, they think that it's just energy to power the school, but then they find out that the energy they are creating is used for far more spooky purposes. Ooh, and can you tell me also about some, uh, well, as the book suggests, the title suggests, some of these robot librarians, these owls, what's going on? Um, well, obviously, librarians, as, as we all know, are not to be trusted. And that's why we wanted to have librarians as the baddies in this book. And I don't know how much I can tell you about it without giving too much of the plot away. Oh, Jenny, what can you add? To, what can you give me a little, like, a little extra, a little detail that will make kids be like, yeah, I want to find out a little bit more? There is a lot of evil crime bosses and an evil crime monkey that they have to defeat. And there's lots of uh, very fun and excellent spy gadgets in a secret laboratory under the school that Lenny gets into a spot of bother with. He accidentally manages to transmogrify himself into a Scottish gargoyle named Gregor. So there's a bit of body swapping going on as well. It sounds very random, doesn't it, this book? But it's a lot of fun. There is so yeah. much going on, but it is great. It's such a fun read. And um, I did wonder, are, there, are you the characters like yourselves? I, I mean, no no offence, Sam, but like, are you um, <laughs> are you a bit like Lenny and, and Jenny? Um, well, 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 hang on a second. We've heard, hang on. We've heard Jenny's opinion of, of, of Lenny and Agatha, but the, the truth of the matter is that Lenny is not how Jenny portrays him. Lenny is brave, he is intelligent, and he's the type of guy you want. He's very much like me, really. Sure. So, yes, he is like me. Okay, okay, well, we're... Brave, intelligent, and handsome. Absolutely. And modest. And modest, indeed. He's incredibly daft, Sam. He's just like you. <laughs> <laughs> it must be weird, though. You also have two separate illustrators on this book as well. Is that right? We do. We have uh, Robin Boyden and Katie Keir, who have done such a good job with it. And I think they really add, because they kind of illustrate from the different characters' points of view. So in Robin's chapters, Lenny looks very heroic and brave. Incorrect. And in Katie Keir's chapters, Lenny looks a little bit more hapless and daft, which is more the truth of the matter, to be honest. Incorrect. <laughs> now, is it weird, though? I've never known a book to have like four separate people work on it before. Do you guys all hang out together? Do you have like a little Zoom chat to discuss what's going to happen? Jenny and I do. We, we do. We have many a Zoom chat where I, I come up with all the ideas <laughs> And um, Jenny sort of, yeah, yeah, she writes notes. She writes notes for me. Yeah, great. So that, that, that's, that's, how, that's, how the, that's how our Zoom chat goes. Isn't that, isn't that correct, Jenny? It normally involves Sam lying back on his chaise long, rubbing the bridge <laughs> of his nose, going, wait a minute, I have an idea. And then I wait for about 20 minutes and nothing comes. <laughs> and then he might say something that I would have said half an hour earlier. So that's kind of how <laughs> our Zoom chats go. 
But with um, Katie and Robin, we get sent their illustrations. And it's always so exciting when they come through because I, I can never imagine what the characters would look like. And they're just so funny. And then Sam and I go through them and, and they say, is there anything you'd like to change? And there never really is, is there, Sam? Because they get it so oh, No, no, no. no. They, they've, done, they've done an absolutely amazing job. And that's what always amazes me about illustrators is they just, see, they, oh, they just seem to get it. Mm. Yeah, they've, they've both really like captured the spirit of the story, haven't they? They've made it fun and they've also got the vibe of like whose version of events it is. Exactly, exactly. It's so much fun. And tell me, do we have a do we have a little third book in the works? Because surely you've created such amazing characters. You're going to want to see them again, right, Sam? Um, I mean, who knows? I mean, the problem is that we're both so busy with other books that finding time to write with each other is, um, well, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy finding the time. But hope- if kids like them, then... We would write, and I would write another one. Yes, even though it's a painful, painful experience. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is very much like the book where I'm getting two versions of events. <laughs> it really is like a true life story. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for telling us all about the new book. Attack of the Robot Librarians is out now, and uh, good luck with the third book if it happens. And of course, uh, Jenny, I feel like you deserve m- most of the good luck for the Zoom chat. Well. Hang on a minute. <laughs> Thanks, Bex. I appreciate that. Isn't that nice? No, 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 no. We need to cut this. No, no. I don't, I don't like how this interview is going one little bit. Thank you. Well, I've made my choices. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, guys, for telling us all about the book. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Oh, my goodness. I love Sam and Jenny so much. Big thank you to them for coming to the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast. Now, next up, we got to check in with Jamie Littler. He's giving us an introduction and reading from his brand new book and a brand new magical fantasy series, Arkspire. Hi everyone, it's Jamie Littler here, the author and illustrator of Arkspire. Arkspire is my brand new fantasy series. It's set in a huge city ruled by five sorcerers. It's a city of twists, turns, secrets, mystery, and lots and lots of thieves and magic. It centers on a girl called Juniper and her gang of relic hunters who are basically well-meaning thieves who steal magical items from uh, the lore of the city. Juniper and her gang, they discover a secret that changes their lives forever. The inspirations for this story came from lots of different places. I really love stories about magic and fantastical things, but I thought, wouldn't it be cool to see magic in a setting that was perhaps a bit more modern you know instead of like wizards in a castle or something like that it's it's a city that we could almost recognize but that runs on magic what would that look like that was something that really excited me as well as like a story about siblings like brother or sister i have a brother and a sister and they give me a lot of inspiration for my stories and um Arkspire definitely is a story about two sisters who are going through some troubling times you know they're not as close to each other as they once were so it kind of the story really looks at the the highs and lows of having a brother or a sister the rivalries that might stem from that and the other thing that really worked into the story was pretending to be somebody you're not I think we've all been in that situation, maybe with a new group of friends or lots of pressure to do well at something. And perhaps we don't think we can, um, even if that may not be true. I certainly felt it about being an author that I, even though I had books out there and people were enjoying them, that deep down, maybe I wasn't a real author. 
And Juniper's kind of pretending to be something she's not throughout the story. I won't ruin too much, but it was a way for me to work through that feeling, that imposter syndrome. But yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Positive that Madame Aidy had gone to bed, Juniper crept back down into the apothecary, careful to avoid the creaky floorboards. She knew them by heart, each one. This wasn't the first time she'd sneaked about at night. The shop was entirely dark now. The countless jars and pots stood to attention on the shelves like silent guards. Luckily, jars have no eyes, or voices either for that matter, and Juniper was able to sneak behind the counter without Madame Aidy becoming any the wiser. Carefully, Juniper slid the key into the drawer's lock. Holding her breath, she turned it. The lock clicked. Juniper grimaced. It sounded as loud as a gunshot in the still silence of the shop. Thankfully, no one came to investigate, and Juniper pulled the drawer open, the mirror glass glinting inside. She held it up to the dim light that spilled in from the street outside, her own reflection staring back at her. Her hazel eyes, her dark, raggedy hair framing her round face. Nothing out of the ordinary. Same old Juniper, nothing magical about that reflection. So what did she keep seeing in this thing? Was it really just a trick of the light? She shifted the shard around, gazing into the glass at different angles, but she only saw reflections of the apothecary. So far, so normal. What are you, Juniper whispered. Reveal to me your secret, so strange mirror. That was when she spotted the door. She could see it behind her in the mirror's reflection, set between two cabinets on the opposite side of the shop. A door she didn't recognise. A door she was pretty sure she'd never seen before, and she'd lived above this shop all 13 years of her life. Juniper glanced over her shoulder, and a cold shiver ran down her back. There was no door, only a plain dark wood wall in between the two cabinets. She looked back at the mirror shard. There it was, as clear as day. The door was only showing up in the mirror's reflection. What the? She rushed around the counter and over to the wall, feeling for any hidden cracks, searching for any concealed hinges or handles. She felt nothing but the rough texture of wood. She turned her back to it and held the shard up over her shoulder. She wasn't going mad, there was definitely a door in the reflection. A door with an ornate iron handle. Using the mirror as a guide, Juniper reached down to where the handle was in the reflection. To her amazement, not only did her hand grasp the handle within the mirror, but she felt something in her hand in the real world too. She hadn't felt the handle before. Was the mirror's magic at work here? Did she have to look through the mirror? Juniper's nerves buzzed with excitement and not the smallest tickle of fear. Was she actually going to do this? Open an invisible door to who knows where that you could only see within a magical mirror once belonging to one of the evil betrayers? Darn right she was. Hey, I tell you what, before I let you go, uh, just a little reminder that Maz Evans has got a brand new book out. It's called Oh Mayor Gods, and it's perfect for anybody who loves Greek mythology. It's out early next month. Definitely one to watch for, I'd say. Uh, you meet Vesper, a bossy football mad girl, and Aster, the super bright son of Constellation Virgo. Uh, together, they've got to recapture some villainous wrongins before the world ends next Wednesday. It's quite precise, isn't it? Uh, I know Maz Evans has got a big fan base, so if you are a fan of hers, make sure you check out that book and that's pretty much it from me for bookworms today big thank you to jamie littler and of course to sam copeland and jenny pearson and i'll see you soon bye <laughs>